0: Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you back to Talking Softball with Coach B. Doing this now for a little bit over a year and really having a great time with it. It's hard to believe that we're getting close to the end of October and the fall season is in full swing and got about a month left of it or a little over a month left of it. So there's always a lot going on in the game, right? And there's always a lot that we can talk about. One of the things that I'm looking at doing is actually expanding some of the things I do and maybe actually go out and do some public speaking and talk to athletic groups, talk to business groups, and talk about ideas and the fundamentals that can cross over between the two to make it you a good situation for people to work in. So today, I wanna talk about a topic that's really become a big deal or an identifier in the business world. I don't think it's something new. I think it's something that has been around for a long time, but I think with COVID and everyone working from home, there may have been an identifier or an opportunity for this to become more relevant. I think there was a TikTok video that that came out talking about work-life balance and people should not feel that they're identified by their work and they need to spend more time concentrating on who they are and how they're living their life and making sure that their life is not their job, right? It's just their job is a part of their life. So the topic we're going to talk about today, it's called quiet quitting. And this is a term that I had to go in and I had to do some research and look it up. And I'm going to pull some notes up off my phone as we talk about it today. But quiet quitting, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that's somebody that just walks away from their job and leaves and doesn't tell anybody. No, that's not it. Quiet quitting is the person who stays in their job but is only doing what the work that's identified in their job description or only doing the minimum at work they're not doing anything extra they're not trying to push themselves forward they're basically existing in their job right they don't want to leave their job because obviously there's a revenue flow or they may get benefits whatever they have from it but they're just not engaging themselves in more than just the basic needs of their job. And somebody asked me, they said, do you think, you know, that's an issue in athletics? And I said, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, back in the day, we didn't use the term quiet quitting We said they were slackers, or they were slacking in their job, and I think the same thing happens in athletics. I see it a lot. I see it in coaches, I see it in players, people that just kind of give up on advancement, give up on improving themselves or improving their work, and they're just doing their job. And you'll even hear them say it, I'm just here to do my job, I'm not gonna do any more, I'm just gonna do my job. Okay. That's tough. That's a tough attitude when it gets to that point. And I'll admit, there have been times in my career that I've felt that way. So I want to talk to it a little bit about, you know, coaching and then also for players because on the player side of it, you know, you see that player that just gets satisfied with where they are. I see it a lot. I used to talk about it in recruiting because players worked so hard to get recruited And then once they get recruited and they they get that commitment or they sign their letter of intent, they stop working. Well, I made it. I made it. I got my scholarship offer. I'm going to be a college player. No. The responsibilities of that role and that job start when you, you sign that letter of intent. When you sign that contract, that's when you have to go to work. And that's when you have to really start putting in the work to get better so that you can maintain that job or keep that job or have a chance to excel. And I try to tell people all the time, you're going to get to college and there's going to be three players at every position. And all three of them are there because they're good and they were recruited to be there. So what are you going to do to be better than the other two players at your position so that you get playing time? Or are you just going to be that person that quiet quits and sits on the bench and accepts your role sitting on the end of the bench and you don't do anything? You don't engage with your teammates. not a part of it. You're just there. Because you know if you stay there, you get to keep your scholarship. You get to continue to be a part of it. Well, we have to be able to address that. And uh, I think as coaches, and I speak to the word coach, but it could also be a boss, right? As coaches, we need to make sure that we're continuing to create a culture and continuing to challenge our players so that they don't reach that point where they're just existing, And I say this a lot today. There's so many people that are just existing in life. They don't really have ambition. Well, why is that? Why is that? Why have they not been able to find something that sparks an interest for them to really wanna go out and challenge themselves and throw themselves into it and see how good they can be at it? It's a big issue in sports. You know, some people go out just to play. Just want to play. And that's okay. But then we have those that they want to take it to the next level. Well, what does that mean for them? I see it happen. (laughs) I'll go back to the girls that signed scholarships, and then they come back in and they say, well, Coach, I've already got my deal, so I'm not going to go to all of the tournaments. I'm not going to be able to come to all of the practices because I've got other things I need to do. Well, what, what does that mean? you still want to be a part of it but you're not going to do everything that it takes to excel at being a part of it you just want to be there i think that's when we have to step in again and ask the question why is that your mindset why do you feel like you're there and i think that's a good heart-to-heart talk to have i've seen it for a long time i've seen players out on the field that are playing softball because you ask them why do you play softball Oh cuz I want to play in college. Well, what are you doing to make that happen? Well, I you know, I go to practice and we play in the games and you know, I'm just hoping that a college coach finds me. Okay. So, what do you feel like you have to do to get better? Well, I think I'm pretty good right now. Well, again, I think that starts to develop this quiet quitting mentality or this slacking mentality when we start to think we're as good as we need to be or we're doing enough to keep our job. I was looking at something this morning, and I'm going to reference this off my phone, but some of the signs of quiet quitting at work, which I think we can also roll this over into athletics, is not attending meetings, not going to the meetings that are set up for betterment of the business. I see this all the time in sports. Players just don't go to practice. I don't need to go to practice. I need to go do this. Well, okay, but when are you going to take time this week to get better? Oh, you know, I'll hit on my own. Okay. Well, there's a lot more to being a good softball player than just hitting. There's a lot that has to be done in practice that you're missing out on. One of the second signs is arriving late or leaving early. It's that person that's never on time. And I have lived by the mantra ever since I was a young athlete. I had a coach that told me this. He said, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're left. So I always try to live by a mindset of I want to be early. If I get there right on time, I'm mad at myself because I feel like I was late. I always like to think, you know, that it's my job to be there before any of the players show up because I'm the coach. So if a player is there waiting for me, that's frustrating. And it happens, but it's frustrating. Okay? The third sign is reduction in productivity. We see this, right? We see this, we see players when they're young and they're trying to get recruited or they're trying to earn a starting position, they're out there working hard and they're putting up numbers and they're producing to help the team be successful. But once they earn that position or they get that scholarship, we start to see their numbers drop off because their production's just not there because they're not committed to it. They're not committed to continuing to produce because they feel like they've already reached the level they need to be at, less contribution to team projects. Right, when you have team activities that may or may not be practice, but there's other activities that you do as a team, and those players just don't show up for them. They're not going. They're not going to take part in them. Right, and it may be as much as. You know, for us in our organization, I try to offer catching seminars and infield seminars and, you know, different tools that can help our players get better. And we get very little involvement in it because, number one, I'm not sure our coaches feel like it's relevant or important so they don't promote it to the players Or when they do, a lot of players are like, oh, I don't need to do that. I don't need to go put in extra work. I'm good enough right now. That could be a sign of quiet quitting, okay? Not participating in planning or meetings. We talked about not attending meetings, but even those that just show up at the meetings, but they just sit in the background with their arms folded and don't really engage. That's almost worse than not being there because that's a distraction, because people read body language. And then, of course, the last sign is just a lack of passion or enthusiasm for what they're doing, right? They're just kind of going through the motions. So how do we deal with it? What do we do? Well, coaches, again, I think it falls on our shoulders to make sure we're creating an environment where we're always challenging our players to improve and get better. You know, are we doing everything possible to create new ideas, new concepts for teaching the game? And I'm not saying change our philosophy every year, change our bunt coverages, change this. I'm just saying, are we using the instructional concepts that we're going to keep players engaged? Do we change up our drills? that we're still trying to teach the fundamentals that need to be taught, but we're using different drills to do that? Or are we just doing the same thing over and over again? Because our game is a game of repetition, we have to have those repetitions, but it doesn't mean that the repetitions have to be in the same drill all the time. And that's tough. Sometimes I fall into that as a hitting instructor. We do the same things over and over again, and, you know, I feel bad. And I I have to do a better job of creating new concepts or integrating new concepts to teach those fundamentals for our players. But I think we have to address this, and we have to talk to our players and let them know that these are bad habits to fall into because, again, if we're going to be a quiet quitter in athletics – then why wouldn't we be a quiet quitter in the workforce when we get there, or a quiet quitter in a relationship, or whatever it may be that we're engaged in? Because quiet quitting is not just a business concept. It's something that, that, that's it's a life concept. And some people have just quietly quit on life. You know, we talk about the hash mark between the day we were born and the day we die. The most important part of that is that hash mark in between. What did we do during that time that made our life relevant? Okay. Another thing that I think we have to be really careful of, and this hasn't been talked about as much, but I read this in this article this morning and I thought it was good. I'm concerned about quiet quitting, and I think that it's something we have to address. But I also think we have to look at quiet Firing and bosses, coaches, we have to look at this and we have to make sure that we're not quiet firing those that work for us or play for us. And, you know, quiet firing is something that it's on the other side of the employer employee relationship. And sometimes it involves an employer treating their employees poorly because they don't want to fire them. Or as a coach, I don't want to remove her from my team, but I'm going to just create an environment where she's not going to feel comfortable or my employees not going to feel comfortable and they'll just ultimately leave on their own. And I think we have to be careful about that, right? Some of the signs we have of quiet firing, as employers, we just don't offer raises. I mean, everybody would like to be compensated better for the job they do, and when they do extra work, they would like to see some extra compensation. That's great. As coaches, we do the same thing, right? We don't create opportunities for advancement, more playing time, bigger role on the team, whatever it may be, right? Limited time off, you know? We don't give our athletes time off. We're just grind, grind, and we don't give them an opportunity for – some work-life balance. I think work-life balance is important. I'll be the first to admit, for a long time in my career, I was a workaholic, and I did not put enough importance on work-life balance, and I look at it now, and I regret it, and in what I do now, I make sure there's a work-life balance. When I'm working, my work is very important, but I also have to have that time where it's just me or it's it's my personal time away from work increasing the workload but not increasing any of the benefits that go with it right we just we continue to pile more and more on but we don't give them anything back in return that goes with that demanding extra hours or extra work it's one thing to promote an opportunity for extra work for our athletes but to demand it right now that changes it because now it's not a choice and I think when we want to we want people to to engage in what they do and take ownership of it they need to be able to make choices right so yeah we're going to offer this extra clinic or org workout or whatever it is and we want you to be there we think it would be really good for you to be there We can't demand them to be there because if it's not their idea or something they're interested in, they're not going to get anything out of it. When they get there, micromanaging, you know, as coaches, we sometimes fall into this mess where we micromanage our players, not only as athletes, but in their personal lives. And that's just, that's not acceptable in the game now we use wristbands and I was talking with a, a coach a couple of years ago and he made a good point he goes it's like every player has a barcode on their wrist now and instead of being able to just go out and play the game and understand how to play the game they have to scan their barcode for everything they do on the field they, you know they have to look down at their barcode and try to figure out you know what their next move is and I think we have to be careful about that because We have created this culture where kids just don't go out and play pickup games anymore. You know, The Sandlot was a great movie. That doesn't happen anymore, right? We don't give kids an opportunity to hit a ball over the fence in the backyard where the big dog is because we schedule everything. We schedule their practice, we schedule their lessons, we schedule everything that goes with it, and there's no time for them to just go out and play and learn on their own. You know, I feel like growing up, I learned a lot playing street football or backyard wiffle ball or whatever it was, and it was fun and it challenged me. I wanted to do it again because it was fun. And I think that's important, that our players enjoy what we're doing. Well, if we take all of the fun out of it or the enjoyment out of it and we micromanage it, I mean, we're quiet-firing those kids. We're trying to push them out, right? Not involving or leaving players out of certain things. You know, hey... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite these four girls and their parents to go out for dinner on a road trip, but I'm not doing it with everybody. It's just these four. Well, they're my favorites. Well, that's not good because now we're pushing kids out to the side, having workouts that aren't open to everybody on the team. We have to be careful about that because those that aren't invited to the workout, they're going to look at it as, oh, I'm not very important, so I'm going to find something else to go and do. Failure to meet with our players and just talk to them. This is something that I'm guilty of. I'll show up at practice and we'll go through practice and I may not speak to somebody at practice. And I'm making a conscious effort now to talk to every player every time we get together. Talk to them, right? I love the conversations I have with my lesson girls. You know, they'll come in for a lesson. I say, hey, how's school going? How's this going? They'll tell me about stuff. I had a little girl tell me the other day, a boy got in trouble and got in school suspension because he threw a pencil bag and hit her. I said, you know, he probably did it because he likes you, but you know, you're this big and young and he doesn't know what that feels like. So he just tried to get your attention by throwing a pencil bag at you. And we laughed about it and had fun. And it was really kind of a cool, cool interaction. And I think it's important that we have interaction with our players. and and encourage them to feel comfortable talking to us because if we leave some out of that and we only talk to a couple and we don't talk to all of them again those we're not talking to we're quiet firing them we're quiet cutting them we're just we're inviting them to go away and then just lack of respect got to respect them yeah susie might be a great player all right Katie might not be there yet, but Katie deems as much respect for being a part of that team as Susie does, because she's on the team. Respect should be shared amongst all of them equally. We should respect them as individuals, respect them as players, and that should be something that we never take that respect away from any of them. If there's somebody on your roster that you don't respect, then it's in the best interest that you ask them not to be on your roster. But don't keep them on your roster and disrespect them. That's just treating people wrong, okay? So I think as employees or players, we have to keep ourselves fresh and keep ourselves challenged. We have to understand that we're not at that point yet, that we can just not try to get better. I mean, I don't think I'm at that point yet, and I can see the end of my career out there in the distance. So I know that players that are just starting in their careers should never have that thought. And I think we have to find ways to continue to make our jobs or playing sports fun. Individually, we have to enjoy what we do. And, you know, I think it's there's always a challenge out there You know, the minimum isn't the goal, right? Minimum wage. Nobody wants to just make minimum wage, right? Well, minimum effort equals minimum wage, right? We put minimum on both sides of the equation. So I think we, as individuals, we should always challenge ourselves to get better, move forward, create new opportunities, seek out new concepts or ideas that we can continue to use. And then as coaches, bosses, we have to do the same thing, you know, the same thing we're asking our players to do. We need to make sure that we're doing as coaches. We make this an enjoyable environment to play in. We create fun opportunities. You know, we're always interjecting new concepts to teach our fundamental skills or advancing skills as we move forward again as teams develop and they get older we can raise the level of instruction and start incorporating advanced work into our instruction to challenge them to continue to get better but if we just keep it at a minimum we're gonna get minimum response back you know if, if we want players that are going to continue to challenge themselves and grow forward then we have to make sure that we're challenging them to do that. And we're creating that environment for them to be successful. Okay? That's my thoughts on quiet quitting and quiet firing. Again, if you have ideas about things you would like for me to discuss, please go to our Facebook page, Talking Softball with Coach B. I always appreciate people dropping notes on there. And if it's something that we can talk about and create a neat conversation that's what we want to do don't forget you're going to be hearing more about a coaching academy coming up this winter still working on the planning for that that should be out very soon maybe the next episode i'll have some more information to talk to you on that but for today thank you for listening i hope you continue to have a great experience in the game of softball i hope you never feel like you have to quiet quit and until next time i hope everybody stays healthy and safe and thank you for uh, listening. Well, that's it for today. I wanna to thank everyone for listening, and I hope you're enjoying Talking Softball with Coach B. I ask you to subscribe through your local podcast provider. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash Talking Softball. Gives you an opportunity to provide feedback and also provide any questions that you might want us to answer on an upcoming episode this has been talking softball with coach b and i want to thank you for listening and i hope everybody has a great day